Morning, folks, or whatever part of the day it is for y'all. This is Jesse Cope back with another episode of the American Soul Podcast. Went for a little morning run. <laughs> That's why if I sound out of breath, I am. Uh, but the stars are up in the sky, and it's relatively quiet. So I get a chance to walk along and talk with y'all, which is a privilege, folks. For those of y'all that continue to give me a little bit of your time, which seems to be such a rare commodity these days, although I would argue that we made it that way ourselves, I appreciate it. For those of y'all that continue to share the podcast, which you must be because we've had a run of pretty good days. I'm incredibly grateful and humbled by it, and and for the feedback that y'all give. So, at any rate, we'll go along here. I won't have any puppy dogs or kitty cats or beloved wifey or children's, just us this morning, and God. And the stars. So, I have a feeling that I've strayed a little bit, and I need to get back to what the basis for this podcast really is, which is to show the connection, to show the truth of the statement that President Wilson and President Truman both made, which is that we are at heart. And we were born this way, a Christian nation. Not to mean that every American had to be Christian, but to mean that without a people, a moral and virtuous people, as we'll talk about in just a minute, that followed the teachings of Christ, there could be no American Republic. And we see that clearly today. The country is falling apart, as it has at other times in the past. But the difference today is we are not, as a nation, acknowledging why, whereas in the past, we have. It's not to say we haven't been in just as bad of situations in the past. We have been. Revolutionary War, Civil War, World War depression, other things. But we just don't seem to be willing to acknowledge that one, it's like the elephant in the room, that truth that is everything revolves around our relationship as a nation with God. And if we don't get that right first, then then we might get some other stuff right temporarily for a little while. But it won't be lasting. As President Adams said, it will we will just be exchanging one form of tyranny basically for another. And and folks, this really, and we've talked about this quite a bit. I won't belabor this point too much today. I'm sure you're glad about that, but if we don't start in our families and our marriages 
in our personal lives and then our marriages and then our families and our communities, our education and our culture. It won't matter who we elect. Trump, Biden, Pelosi, Schumer. You can pick whoever you want. It doesn't matter on either side. Uh, Crenshaw, as a representative, is the one that pops in my head. It won't matter who we elect, folks, because we will be fundamentally flawed as a people. And so what we're going to do is go through a couple quotes by Sam Adams today and a couple by Thomas Jefferson again, right at the very beginning of our nation, right at our roots. And listen to their words, and we'll go for however much time we have today, and see how at that time, I think Jefferson's is particularly enlightening if we get to that point. I'm going to start with Adams, but because the left today loves to use Jefferson, even though they pretend to hate him now, along with everybody else like Teddy Roosevelt, the left loves to use him as the premier example of getting God out of everything, right? I mean, his letter was the separation of church and state letter that the Supreme Court erroneously and horrifically used to pass that evil. So, at any rate, we'll get going. So Sam Adams, for some of y'all that don't know, played a huge role in the founding of our country, uh, called for the First Continental Congress, served as a member until 1781, helped draft the Massachusetts Constitution, served as lieutenant governor under John Hancock, and later became the governor. He formed the Committee of Correspondence. This part, I think, folks, is really pertinent to today uh, because there's a lot of similarities between the British and loyalists of the 1760s and 70s and the American left today in modern America. He formed the Committee of Correspondence, which was really responsible for a lot of the unity that we saw before the revolution. And just as a side note, and this is coming, folks, this is one of the two phenomenal sources that I would recommend that y'all each go and get. You can find it on Amazon, Barnes & Noble, anywhere. This is a phenomenal resource. This is America's God and Country Encyclopedia of Quotations. And I apologize. I don't have the author's name in front of me right now, but I will, I'll get that and give you that as well. But the, the original committee had three goals, to delineate the rights of colonists as men, to detail how these rights had been violated, and to publicize these rights and the violations thereof throughout the colonies. And his work, The Rights of the Colonists, was circulated around 1772, and this first excerpt comes from that. The right of freedom being the gift of the Almighty, the rights of the colonists as Christians. It's kind of interesting that he said the rights of colonists as Christians. I think well, it just, it's pretty blatant what he was saying there. May be best understood by reading and carefully studying the institution of the great lawgiver and head of the Christian church, which are to be found clearly written and promulgated in the New Testament. So he's saying, if you really want to know, and this is why I say often about that American Patriots Bible, if you really want to know what makes America great, and if you really love America, even if you don't accept Christ as your Lord and Savior, which I would recommend 
I, I can't, I mean, I sound like I'm recommending a book. That, folks, that decision is more important than anything else in the entire world, regardless of what happens to our country, your individual choice with Jesus Christ. And it's a choice each one of us has to make, as Billy Graham said once. Just because you don't make it or try and refuse to, you're making the decision by that, right? But he's saying here, go to the Bible. And just like Fisher Ames, who was the author of our First Amendment, said, Bible, school textbook, we've got to teach our children this. Have to, because that's where everything starts from. That's where it all springs from. We can't be an American republic without the Bible at the center. And that's what the left knows. They've known it for about 100 years now. They've, really, they've known it for longer than that. But they've really been pushing it to get it out of education, to get it out of our homes. And this is why, because they know that that's where our roots come from. Or, or they're ignorant and they have no clue. That's also a possibility, which some of y'all who listen to this remind me of pretty frequently. Uh, another quote. This was September 7th, 1774, second day of the congressional session. He wanted to, Sam Adams wanted the meeting to be open with prayer. He said, Christian men who had come together for solemn deliberation in the hour of their extremity to say there was so wide a difference in their religious beliefs that they could not, as one man, bow the knee in prayer to the Almighty, whose advice and assistance they hoped to obtain. He was kind of getting on to people saying, look, we've got different Christian denominations, which is another phenomenal point here, folks. First Amendment was never made to equalize other religions with Christianity in America because America wasn't founded on other religions. It was founded specifically on the teachings of Christ purposefully by our founders. And he was saying, look, we may be uh, Episcopals, Lutherans, Independents, Congregationalists, whatever it was, Baptists, Methodists. We may be all these things. But if we can't come together as Christians, as Christian men in this great hour of need, then what, what right do we have to expect the Almighty's help? None. Zero. We have no no right. Uh, so just again, right there at the very beginning. <clears throat> this is another comment. I don't have the time on this. Maybe 76. Neither the wisest constitution nor the wisest laws will secure the liberty and happiness of a people whose manners are universally corrupt. He, therefore, who is the truest friend to liberty of his country, who tries most to promote its virtue. I, I miss, let me back up. He therefore is the truest friend to the liberty of his country, who tries most to promote its virtue, and who, so far as his power and influence extend, will not suffer a man to be chosen into any office of power and trust, who is not a wise and virtuous man. The sum of all is, if we would most truly enjoy this gift of heaven, let us become a virtuous people. And he's talking about Christianity there, folks. Just like our first Supreme Court Chief Justice John Jay said, it's a privilege, the right and responsibility of Americans to choose Christians for their leaders in every possible position because we are a Christian nation. They knew this. Our founders knew this. We knew they knew that we had to have a virtuous and moral people a people that followed the teachings of Christ to choose and prefer Christians for our leaders. 
And we haven't been doing that, folks, and we haven't been doing that for a while. And so it's no wonder everybody wants to look around and wonder why our country's falling apart, why our marriages are falling apart, our families are falling apart, our schools are falling apart, communities are falling apart. Well, because we've, we've pulled the rug out from under ourselves. It's, it's like standing on the rug and trying to jerk it out from under yourself and then wondering why you wake up five minutes later after you've blacked out from smacking your head on the floor. It's perfectly clear. We just, as I said at the very beginning, folks going back, we just don't want to acknowledge it for some reason. It's just, it's, it's beyond me. October 4th, 1790. This was a letter he wrote to John Adams, his cousin, who was then the vice president. Let divines and philosophers, statesmen and patriots unite their endeavors to renovate the age. By impressing the minds of men with the importance of educating their little boys and girls, of inoculating in their minds of youth the fear and love of the deity and universal philanthropy, and in subordination to these great principles, the love of their country, of instructing them in the art of self-government, without which they never can act a wise part in the government of societies great or small. In short, of leading them in the study and practice of the exalted virtues of the Christian system. I mean, pretty much lays it out, folks, and it tells us what we're doing wrong. We're not teaching our children. We are not educating them in Christianity, first and foremost, and we are not educating them in love of country. And then, again, we want to act shocked when the country's falling apart. And he said it right here. It's just blatant. I don't think we're going to get to Jefferson today, which is sad because there's a phenomenal quote about a seal that he proposed. But we will. But I'm going to finish up with this one. This is from 1794 while serving as lieutenant governor of Massachusetts and addressing the state legislator, leg- legislature upon the death of Governor John Hancock. In the supposed state of nature, all men are equally bound by the laws of nature, or to speak more properly, the laws of the creator. They are imprinted by the finger of God on the heart of man. Thou shalt do no injury to thy neighbor is the voice of nature and reason, and it is confirmed by written revelation. Jesus Christ said that the greatest commandment was to love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, and mind, and the second was like it, to love your neighbor as yourself. Samuel Adams, one of our chief founders, says the same thing right here. You've got to go to Christ. That's where everything starts, folks. And if we don't fix that, it won't matter who we elect or what laws we pass because they'll be fundamentally flawed. They'll be fundamentally flawed. It is, and I use this analogy recently for those of y'all that have listened to the podcast, it will be like trying to treat the symptoms of cancer instead of attacking cancer itself. It'll give us temporary relief, perhaps even a little temporary peace and comfort, but it will be temporary. It won't be lasting because it's it's not attacking the real disease, and that is the rejection of God that the left has pushed on this country and that we've allowed, really, folks. You want to get right down to it. The bigger blame is with who? We've allowed those horrific Supreme Court decisions like separation of church and state and Roe v. Wade. You see these trucker convoys right now, right? 
when did we ever act like that over separation of church and state and, and abortion, which are much more evil? At any rate, folks, I'm going to leave you alone for today. Some of y'all are glad. I sure do appreciate y'all joining me here. I'm, I'm greatly humbled uh, by the growth of that y'all continue to spread this. Thank y'all so much for that. I hope that y'all get something out of it. And I would remember if I, if I get a chance, I just read through this Patrick Henry quote again, talking about your sphere of influence. Y'all have influence, folks. Wherever it is that you are, whatever it is that you're doing, doctor, lawyer, plumber, uh, carpenter, teacher, administrator, just a kid listening to this podcast, whatever it is that you're doing, uh, stay-at-home mom with no kids, one kid, five kids, whatever, anywhere, folks, you have influence and you have the ability to spread the truth. And it is so important because every time we do, it forces the darkness back just a little bit. God bless y'all. God bless your families. God bless America. We'll talk to y'all again real soon. Looking forward to it.